Hey everyone, before we jump into the podcast, I want to let you know there will be a special segment at the end of this episode where we are interviewing author Claudia Klein. She will be telling us about her books and her Kickstarter campaign, so be sure to stick around after we're done talking about One of Us is Dead. Welcome to BBB Books, Bevs, and Babes, an irreverent virtual book club with two book-loving brown girls. I'm Shia. And I'm Jenica. Welcome, welcome. It's episode seven. We are reviewing One of Us is Dead by Geneva Rose. Yeah, I am sorry, guys. I broke the tie. I chose a thriller. This was supposed to be a thriller. I wasn't thrilled. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah i mean it was a thriller you know i I mean it was in the thriller category but i I don't think it thrilled me either so why don't you talk about like why don't you go ahead and read the synopsis which apparently you didn't you didn't read before you you know what i read i read like the first sentence and so then i was like oh my gosh like It's all the things I like, but yeah, I didn't read it all the way through. All right, so One of Us is Dead by Geneva Rose. Meet the women of Buckhead, a place of expensive cars, huge houses, and competitive friendships. There's four women. Shannon. Shannon was once the queen bee of Buckhead, but she's been unceremoniously dumped by Bryce, her political husband. When Bryce replaces her with a much younger woman, Shannon sets out to take revenge. Then there's Crystal. Crystal has stepped into Shannon's old shoes. A young, innocent Texan girl, she simply has no idea what she's up against. Olivia. Olivia has waited years to take Shannon's crown as the unofficial queen of Buckhead. Finally, her moment has come, but to take her rightful place, she will need to use every backstabbing, manipulative, underhand trick to to take. Jenny. Jenny owns Glow, the most exclusive salon in town. Jenny knows all her clients' secrets and darkest desires, but will she ever tell? Who amongst these women will be clear enough to survive Buckhead, and who will wind up dead? They say that friendships can be complex, but no one said it could ever be this deadly. I... that was... I chuckled. (laughs) (laughs) That was corny. It's pretty corny. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk before we get started. Let's talk about our drinks. What we paired with this book. I mean, I think it was like a very alcoholic book, and so <laughs> me trying to find something non-alcoholic was actually tough because it was pretty easy to come up with like multiple alcoholic drinks for this for this um, pairing. I ended up choosing um, a sparkling black tea. Um, with peach juice that's sold at Trader Joe's. It's iced tea with peach, which seemed perfect for a southern, a book set in in Georgia, a southern book. Um, So it's like kind of sweet, black tea, iced, and then um, with a little peach juice, which is perfect for Georgia. And I chose a shot of tequila. Again, just like Shia said, I think we could have gone with any alcoholic beverage, but I chose a shot of tequila because of one moment in the book that 
I, I don't know. It was like liquid courage. And I've definitely identified with that in the past. So I just shot, you know, wanted to go with the shot. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> All right. So um, you were telling me that you actually like you got married in Buckhead. Like you're from the South, right? Yeah. So my family's from South Carolina. We live like two hours away from Atlanta. And, um, you know, as the book said, Buckhead is well i don't know if a lot of people know but buckhead is a part of atlanta it's like a super posh area that's where like rappers live and you know uh i guess celebrities and um the you know the sports players like the athletes and stuff like that they live in that area and so we we got married in buckhead and um you know it was just it was really nice i mean the venue was really nice but again it's buckhead it's gonna be super posh and glam so so like i don't know i think you know i don't know how you grew up but like did you ever encounter anybody like the people in this book no i feel like i i feel like this is like a reality show it reminded me of um what was that desperate housewives kind of yeah Yeah. definitely there's like a an element of desperate housewives i thought of big little lies did you ever watch that i didn't watch it but i read i read the book and then uh, yeah this is like bravo tv it's like housewives of every single franchise vanderpump rules like southern charm summer these are like all the reality shows that's in this book but like for me like i felt like it was not realistic i mean i'm from I'm, i'm from seattle and I live in Southern California. I've been to LA a lot. I've lived in Orange County. I'm in San Diego right now. Like, to me, this did not ring true. Like, I know I have known wealthier people. I am not. I'm not like as wealthy as any of these people by any stretch. Like how they how they wrote about it in the book. But, like, I just have never encountered anybody with a substantial amount of money who acts like anybody in this. Oh, did you like do no, you not in real life but not in yeah, real life yeah yeah of course not in real life but like i think that's also because we don't go in these circles because <laughs> i mean can't. but do these but do these circles really exist I is think my so. is my like like in the same way that they do like it just seemed like really crazy like would anybody do, doesn't matter how much money you had would anybody actually be friends with somebody like olivia yes like anybody yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, always I hard think, for me to suspend disbelief. No, there. I think so. I mean, if you, I mean, I'm guilty of it. I watch a lot of Bravo TV and I watch all the housewives of all the cities and they're all like this. Sure, they don't like hang out at a salon, which I thought was kind of weird. But whole so salon stupid. thing was weird. Completely weird. Yeah. But like, yes, they, they all act like that, at least on the show. Right. And I know it's highly edited, but. I mean, that's what the show portrays is literally this. But I think like part of what I didn't believe about it was that like Olivia, for example, who's like the most reprehensible character I've ever read about really, um, was supposed to be in her mid thirties as am I and younger than you, Jenica, by a few years. And yet she behaved like how we see those desperate housewives or like, the bravo people who are in their mid 50s like the blow-up doll face like so much plastic surgery that you look like a blow-up doll like you know if you have any money in la and you're in your mid 30s you look good 
Like you don't look crazy when you're in your mid thirties. You start to look real crazy when you get into your fifties because you're trying to reverse the aging process, which involves putting a lot of extra filler into your face and that filler migrates and you look all, you know, like sure in your, I mean, in your 50s yeah i mean i agree with you sure that part was but like, like would a 30 weird. something even karen karen was also in her mid 30s i think shannon was maybe the oldest character like very early 40s but like all of these characters besides jenny and keisha acted like they were in like caddy ladies in their 50s i have never met a 35 year old i don't care where you are who would act like any of these characters have you? I, it made no. me really wonder how old Geneva Rose is because if she's in her 20s thinking that somebody in their mid-30s might act this way, maybe that makes sense to her. But like to me, it was so hard to suspend disbelief because I kept being like, how old is it? I had to go and look up how old they were like three times to be like, am I missing something? Because I, mean, I have never met somebody in their mid-30s who would act this way. So I agree with you. I don't know if it was ever like said in the book, but in my head... The, the way that the women were acting, I thought that the men were much older, like they were yeah. 20 years older. And yes. that's why they had, right? Is that true? I, I don't oh. know if they're oh. that much older, but well, that's what I felt too. I felt yeah. like they, they would be, they would all be couples in their like 50s or late 40s. Oh, like, I just that's... thought it was like the men were 20 years older than the women. Oh. And so the women were just like, you know, this like, grew up in this society kind of like just acting like this because that's what they were used to and then like crystal who is the one that you know comes in from texas she's the young one she's 25 or 26 or something she's the only one that's like seemingly normal but her husband is like super old yeah but like it was like i was under the impression that like when you have your first wife they typically are around your own age when you start being with them because a lot of these people would be with them before they started their high-powered careers and they would like they would like before they turned in their old wife for a new younger model they would have like had somebody who supported them through college the one who supported them in their early career and then as they got older and the woman gets older then they're like okay I'm, I'm ready for, like, my 21-year-old okay. version of this. So I, I would be under the impression that they were all the same age. But is, would this be the case that Bryce is in his mid-30s, that Dean is in his mid-30s, that Mark is in his mid-30s? No. Like, it does not make sense. Well, so Mark... Okay, let's talk about Mark. Okay, so Mark is the husband of Karen, who is left out of the synopsis, but he is a plastic surgeon. And mm-hmm. if the theory is that he's in his mid-30s, like, then no, that's absolutely false because... My brother-in-law is a plastic surgeon, and he just got out of fellowship, and he's 35. So there's mm-hmm. no way that Mark you've, can so be... You've, yeah, you can't have had two, two, <laughs> two, two successful practices, one in Miami and no, one in Buckhead. No, not Buckhead. in your 30s, no. Not in your mid-30s. No. So, okay, so say he's he's 45 and Karen is 35. You know, th- that that's not... 35 is young. Okay, maybe I am a little bit sensitive about this because I am 36. But, like, I still, like, I feel really young. I don't feel like anybody would be wanting to trade me in for a newer model at this point. Like, give me 10 years. Like, at least let me get into my 40s and trade me in for somebody 20 years younger. Yeah. But, like, what are you going to get from somebody who's 10 years younger than me? Like, it's not going to be that much different. Like, yeah. we're st- we would still be in the same generation. Yeah. Like, I we're going like, to act the same. Yeah, I, I am with you. I feel like this was, like, 
super unrealistic in that manner. Like, if, if there were a couple of times where I texted you and I was like, oh, this plot is starting or this theory is starting to get really good they introduced this i really hope that it doesn't go the other direction well it did and there were like a couple of things that i was super excited about and then i was let down like you know i, I thought like what like, did you what did can you tell me what you thought was going to happen because yeah just let me know what you thought was going to happen because I, mean, I i don't know thrillers and so i you know the first version of the ending was where i thought it was going to go the second version of the ending was also where i thought it was going to go and it could have gone either way and it went both ways wait wh- because, okay so tell me where where did you think it was going to go um i thought either bryce killed her or i or the girls killed her so and it went both ways because in the end their false version was that bryce killed her and then their their actual version was that the girls killed her okay and the her being olivia the like absolute narcissist like completely completely wacko like non-realistic character that i do not think a person like this in the world exists maybe i'm wrong but like not anybody who's gone anywhere significant in their lives i just don't i just could not believe it could not suspend my disbelief about olivia like nobody would be friends with her no like no no. No. she would have she would be ostracized for the way she behaved like if 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 everything she said was like narcissistic only about her and she was giving insults like i don't care how much money she had i still would not want to be around her even if that meant power but maybe i'm different i don't know no anyway i wouldn't either where did i i got excited at almost the end of the book it was probably like i don't know uh, 50 pages till the end but they somebody crystal found out was it crystal or somebody but anyway see it's all running together crystal found out that her husband bryce was running like some kind of was it prostitute ring? I don't really. It was even trafficking. Know. Yeah. Okay. There we go. So I, I'm not saying I'm excited in the disgusting way to be excited. I thought it was like really when the book was gonna pick up and, oh gosh, now we kind of hear like trafficking and like that kind of thing. Again, I'm not condoning it or anything like that. But I thought <laughs> that this whole thing was gonna be. I thought that that part was gonna be developed a little bit more. And it just, like, was mentioned, and then not again. It, I mean, it, it just felt really weird. It was really choppy. Like, Bryce was this politician. He was going to run for president in 2024. And it, it was just so choppy. Nothing f- was realistic in this entire thing. And then Jenny, who was supposed to be the most, like, down-to-earth person, she owns the salon that has, like, what, 21 or 22 clients only. It was, like, a membership kind of salon you had to do like eight treatments per month to be a member I felt like she had no backbone she I know she was trying to be diplomatic and keep the peace but it's your salon if you don't like who's coming in it then revoke their membership it's really easy you know yeah I mean I I don't care if somebody if somebody is an quote-unquote angel investor if you've made so much money since that person invested then just buy them out and kick them out like it's really not that tough Mm -hmm. like i don't know she seemed like she didn't have anything else that she spent her money on and that she'd been doing it for years enough to make enough money to buy out any investment so yeah it just seemed like a fickle excuse i actually really it really bothered me about this salon thing because i don't know anybody who would be that devoted to a salon you mentioned this already but like that's not what i in my opinion that is not what rich people do i've watched enough of the bravo they hang around in their own houses 
getting served by their own help. Like they don't they don't go to a salon in some area and like have champagne and do like 18 different treatments at the same place. Like and first of all, what kind of a salon does two people working? Two people working (laughs) and and they're all and they're all um, doing everything. They're, yeah. You're doing the waxing. You're spray doing tan. the spray tanning. You're doing the uh, the everything. The haircuts. The makeup. makeup. The blowouts. Yeah, it, yeah. It's really unrealistic to have Completely. only have two people working there doing all these treatments. I want to see. Even their, if it's for 25 people, but they're like there all the time. I want to see their their license. What school do they go to? What yeah. beauty school? Manicures, <laughs> manicures and pedicures, manicures and pedicures. And, you know, all these other things that they're just doing between themselves. Like, it does not make sense. No. Like, I think that the whole premise of that, like, central beauty salon um, it was stretched like way beyond the 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 like the limits of the imagination. Like it just was too much. The like limit does not, not exist. <laughs> the limit did not exist in this case. Okay, the limits of reality. It was way stretched beyond imagination. Can, that she went as far as she could with her imagination. But I'm just saying, like this is like it, there was too much of this this book that was not realistic. I put this book down. I started on Thursday. I finished it on Saturday perforce like no I finished it this morning it's Sunday so I was really pushing to get through it and it was fine like it was fine but like you know I don't want to be in a headspace of being around these catty women like I don't even watch Bravo anymore I don't watch any of these things anymore because it stresses me out I don't like having the secondhand embarrassment of like people getting into these weird tiffs I don't I, I don't like the drama like it gives me anxiety and it's a pass for me like I don't want to watch it I didn't want to read about it and I didn't think it was realistic anyway it wasn't even like the cattiness was real it was just so manufactured and it just was not for me it's just it didn't feel whole so i started on monday and i think i finished it friday i read two books in between and i'm the one that chose this book so yeah Yeah. it was really hard (laughs) it was also really really hard for me to get through and i like bravo i i watch all the housewives and all all the shows on bravo but this like just wasn't realistic it was really choppy the stories didn't make sense like sure the overarching story kind of made sense but it really didn't I felt like it was you know we talked about this earlier I like when things are tied up with a nice pretty bow this did not have a bow it wasn't tied up there was no kind of knot on it it was just like oh I gotta hurry up and finish and uh, let me just you know haphazardly put it together so like in the end so let's just give the, the 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 background and then the finale. I'm going to do this in about one paragraph, okay? There is a group of five or six women that all go to the salon all the fucking time. And it was like the Jenny barbershop. The, it was the like the barbershop. the barbershop. Yes, it was. And, like, one character is, like, the worst ever, and her name is Olivia, and she is just awful. And you don't learn anything about her past except for that she once was ri- very rich, and then she became poor, and her dad went to jail because he did bad things. And then she became rich again by marrying somebody rich. And she is a reprehensible, horrible character, narcissistic to the extreme. And it just constantly is putting other people down like for shits and giggles. She likes that. And then every other woman is just kind of trying to exist around her. And they try to and, and it like, you know, whatever. So in the end, Olivia, so 
The whole book, we don't know who is dead because that's the premise of the book. It says one of us is dead. In the end, we find out Olivia is the one who is dead. And we think that she has backstabbed. She has slept with one of the girls' husbands. She um, paid people to break into the salon and like break things and then almost killed Jenny. Like the guys that did it almost killed Jenny because she found them. Um, what else did she do? For Shannon, she she catfished her and then took her she chairwoman position. Videos of uploaded her. videos of her like making a fool of herself on the internet and making it go viral. She blackmailed, um, blackmailed every, everybody. Oh yeah, black, she blackmailed Karen, whose whose husband she was sleeping with. Bryce. She she back, blackmailed Rice. Bright Rice. She blackmailed. <laughs> <laughs> she blackmailed Bryce, and um, and you know who else did she she backstab? She I think that's just pretty a much terrible, it. Terrible, terrible. Oh, horrible. I mean, yeah, she's just a terrible person. Yeah, she was just mean to everybody. Mean to everybody. And, and so basically in the end, she's dead and we're all, I'm thankful for it. Once I found out it was her, I was like, okay, glad it was her and not anybody else. Like she deserved it. And then, (laughs) and then we are meant to believe because the story that Jenny tells the detective on the case is basically that, um, Bryce did it because she man, you know they manufactured some text messages saying that like oh he left his office with a gun and he was going to go make some text messages with her i don't know i did not understand the part where they were framing him because i think it didn't make sense no they like sent his text messages to burner phones and then and then they like and then they got rid of the burner phones but i'm like they would have a record in the cell tower that the the text messages were going to a burner phone right yeah. like so they could like investigate that that's what i'm saying it was like haphazardly put together like oh crap i have to end this book let me just yes. put it together and then in the end what we find out is that's the story they tell but really it's the girls who kill her but like we don't actually hear about like how they did it beyond like just snippets okay crystal hit her on the back of the head with a with a baseball bat and then uh, in the end, Jenny is the one who shoots her three times. And then they just like wipe down their car with a little rag and they continue their life. I, I'm like, where's yeah. the cleanup? Where's I, the reality of this? I also to say like, I thought Jenny was like, okay, why didn't they talk about how she felt about it afterwards? Like, that, you know, completely nothing. sure, that lady Olivia is the worst. Like, yes, we all, we all agree that she should have been the one, or, and we're glad that she was the one that was killed off. But if I'm, if I'm going to choose to shoot somebody, I'm going to feel really bad afterwards. I'm going to feel oh, yeah. really guilty. So there was no talk about that. And at the end, it turns out like she started dating the detective. Wouldn't you feel so guilty and want to tell like her boyfriend detective that you did this? It, I, it just made no sense. No sense. Yeah. No sense. Yeah, no sense at all. I... I... Yeah, and it was so short. We spent all of the whole entire book leading up to the grand finale, and I felt like the grand finale was so rushed, so not well explained, so not well. Like, it was maybe well thought out, and sure, it was a twist. Oh, the girls killed her. Like, that's fine, but, like, at least take us... You gave us so much detail on the gala. You gave us so much detail on their pedicures. Like, I don't give a shit about that stuff. Like, get to the juicy shit. And that was where she really dropped the ball for me, where it was mm-hmm. just, like, it was super rushed and, and like, not a lot of expl- explanation. And, yeah, not my favorite. No. I mean, I'm looking at... I'm reading the genres. This is thriller, mystery, mystery thriller, I, I would say no. It, like, there was 
no, none of that. Again, I was not thrilled. I didn't find this mysterious at all. I just thought it was like just a regular fiction book with no genre. <laughs> I, I agree. It felt just like a regular fiction. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, do you have anything to add? Because I feel like... I'm ready to wrap this one up. I mean, okay, <laughs> I want to say one thing. So there's like, I, you know, I, again, we, I could have chosen like many, many drinks, many, many drinks, um, and wouldn't have like gone wrong. But there was one that like literally makes me want to vomit and it's like a mimosa. And I don't know if you know that about me. If I get a brunch with you, I will not drink a mimosa because orange juice instantly makes me vomit. Like instantly, if you give really, me, yes, if you give me orange juice, I will immediately throw up. Why? I just like can't, I've never been able to drink orange juice. It uh, the smell. I love oranges, but the smell of orange juice. If I taste it, I will throw up. So oh, that is interesting. I did not know that yeah. about you. Yeah, so I was kind of disappointed that you know mimosas were like a choice to drink i mean you know of course there was champagne there was wine there was red wine everything and i think like vodka sodas but like mimosa no that was never anything i wanted to even try to pair with this that was all i wanted to say yeah no i mean that was a close pairing i i was thinking champagne was gonna be like the best because with champagne they just had that in almost every almost every salon scene because that that's what she served, Vouv mm-hmm. Clicquot or whatever. And in and, and, and every, like, every time ladies came in, they were having that. So I would have done that. Um, I was almost going to do a non-alcoholic champagne as the pairing, but then I just wanted to do black tea. That's I'd rather drink black tea. So <laughs> With a little Georgia peach. <laughs> With a little Georgia peach in there. All, All right. right, so let's just, like, let's get to ratings. Um, writing. Uh, half a star. Ooh, okay. <laughs> so um, I would give it one and a half. And the reason why is because I did finish the book. Yes, it was with force, but <laughs> but I finished. I thought so the one writing, and a half for me. I thought the writing was really like juvenile. Is this a book made for children, like teenagers? It, Absolutely. It felt, Absolutely it felt not. like that. <laughs> the writing felt like that. Yeah, no, it's it was a. I mean, it, it was for adults. I you know there was enough enough like like adult themes, I guess that it was that it was not for for it's not YA, but yeah, okay. So let's do um, plot. Plot. Um, I a one. I'll give it. I'll give it one and a half again. I guess. <laughs> That's super super generous. After we just completely bashed everything. I finished it. I finished it. So like I did get through it. So if I don't finish it, you know we're getting close to zero territory. <laughs> and like you know, I think this book is for somebody. It's not for me, but it's for somebody. So that's why I would say one one point five. And then for Spice? There was some. Uh, it wasn't like, uh, it wasn't like explicitly said, but there, it was like, I felt like it was, it could have been more. So I, I gave it a one. Yeah, I think it's like, I think it was like, there was more implied and cut to black. I'll give it a half star. Right. I'll give it a half star. And then overall, how oh, would you rate it? A one. Okay. I um I would give it one and a half 
I think on Goodreads I I went up to two stars, but they like, don't give half. They don't give halves. I know that drives me crazy. We've talked about that. Yeah. Um, but I would give it one and a half. I erred on the side of two instead of one because again I finished it, and I think on Goodreads I'm giving things one if I don't finish. And I will give two for books I either are a two or one and a half because at least that meant I finished it and and that's how I felt about it. But yeah, it was not um, it was not a book for me. It was a book for somebody. I don't know who that somebody is. Maybe somebody who likes um, unrealistic cattiness. If and... you enjoyed this book, please reach out to us and let's discuss. I would love nope. to meet you. <laughs> I, I do I do not because I think that maybe we just have differing opinions about what's entertaining and that's fine. Everyone is entitled to their own opinions, but like this one was not for me. I also don't like Colleen Hoover. So like, you know, there are people who do. There are people that are crazy, including our own best friends, like people who are crazy fans. And there might be people who go crazy for this content. This content was not for me. I don't even like thrillers. And this was, you know, you're saying it's not even a thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not a book I would seek out. And I would never have written read this book, like, voluntarily, really, on my own. I would do it for a book club. I would have done it. Obviously, I did it for the podcast. I would do it for a book club. And I don't mind sometimes going outside my comfort zone. I really love the book of cold cases that we did earlier. And that was a thriller, a paranormal thriller. So, again, not really exactly in that. But... But yeah, this was not, this did not do it for me, like at all. It's, would this be, if you were to say the, the top three that we have discussed on this podcast, to be your least favorite, is this one of them? Yes, I think, I think For the Wolf was the worst. Yes. And this is probably second worst. Yeah. What's our yeah. third? I don't know. I kind of liked all the other ones so far at like a middling amount. I think we still have a long way to go. We've only mm-hmm. had seven books. So I will reserve judgment. Let's do a, we'll do a recap at the end of the year. Of like best and <laughs> best and worst as a recap episode. But I, like I now, agree with you. First was the, the For the Wolf and then this one is second. Yeah. I, yeah. Not, hopefully not we don't read something that surpasses the other two. Okay, well, don't hold your breath because um, I'm choosing the next book. Um, and so this was, this was um, I think when we did the poll on our Instagram, there was a tie between something spicy and a thriller. You chose the thriller. And for this next book, I'm choosing something spicy. I do not typically like search for erotic romance and read in that genre. It is not my genre that I typically pick at all. I did that on Goodreads. I went into Goodreads and I looked up erotic romance in the category. Well, it's like in the category of of like romance, there are different subheadings. And so I went in and clicked under erotic romance so that we could get a spicy book. The first three books that come up there are the Fifty Shades of Grace trilogy, which I hated. But I read because I wanted to be part of the general zeitgeist. I wanted to know what people were talking about. So I read those. This the, the next thing on the list is the book that I'm choosing because it gets 507,000 ratings, 20,000 reviews, and it's rated 4.16 stars on Goodreads. So that it's very popular, at the very least it is very popular. 
and it is well rated. So again, there are books for other, there might be people who search for erotic, erotic romance and that's why they like this book. I do not search for erotic romance, but I'm going to try this book and so are you. The book is Bared to You by Sylvia Day. And that is going to be our book for next time. So everybody get ready for some spice. I'm hoping I'm hoping we finally get like a five level spice so I can show Jenica what I mean by this is a spicy book compared to like, because sometimes you're like, oh, this spice is a three. And I'm like, girl, they were all cut to black. Like we had no throbbing members. This was not, this was not a spicy book. So hopefully we get to a five star level of spice. I'm hoping it's good. I'm hoping that if it's not good, it'll at least be funny. Yeah. I mean, I, okay. So I did not read this synopsis yet. I will. Don't, oh. don't, don't Why? do it. No, because I it, let's, do. let's go into it blind. Do do it like me. <laughs> I have no idea what this book is about. So let's just go in it together with no clue and just experience what this book has to, <laughs> has to give us. Okay, fine. But I will say, I did read like one review and it said this is way better than Fifty Shades. So Okay. That's All right. Well that's that's promising. Well almost anything is better than Fifty Shades of Grey because True. that writing was the worst I've ever read in my life. No, if I could this give was... a negative ten. <laughs> no, this was way okay. Do we have to go back and read Fifty Shades of Grey? I might have to. <laughs> it is so bad. Like I still remember that the the way she wrote it. Like, the inner dialogue of the main character was so childish. I just could not. It was like a, a third grader had written had, had written the book. Like, it was the worst book I'd ever read. But I finished all of it because, you know, sometimes you, you have to have some stick-to-itiveness. <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. Well, that concludes our seventh episode. Thank you for joining. And we look forward to reading with you guys for the next book. Happy reading, guys. Happy reading. Okay, so a little special segment we have with us today, Claudia Klein. She is an author. She's the author of uh, The Air, which is a YA fantasy novel. And she is also um, the author to The Crown, which is the sequel to The Air. Um, Claudia, why don't you um, introduce yourself and and, uh, tell us a little bit about you and about your books? Yeah, so I'm Claudia Klein, like you said, um, and I'm a YA fantasy author. I guess I'm just repeating it, but that's really okay. Um, so I, I've been writing for forever. Like, I started my first story as soon as I learned how to spell, and I've just taken off with it as I've become an adult. And it took me a while to learn how to publish. Um, I was trying to go the traditional route. It took me about five years to figure out, like, you need to query an agent and stuff. Um I joined my first writer's group uh, probably about five or six years ago now and met an indie author and was introduced to the indie author world and decided I'm sick of the wait for trying to get traditionally published. So I'm just going to self-publish and go indie. Um, So I was able to publish The Air in 2019. And I have been working on the sequels to the trilogy uh, ever since. That's awesome. I mean, I think one of the big questions that we have is, have you always wrote in this genre or have you like switched around? Oh, no, I, um, I have, I started out just writing kind of like the type of books I was reading as a kid. 
Um, I remember my first short stories were about our family's travels. I grew up in a large family of six kids. So I created a large family of six kids and wrote about their summer vacations, which were our summer vacations. Um, I've written about girls at boarding school based off of books that I've read about girls at boarding school. Um, I started writing fantasy when I was in high school. I read Lord of the Rings in uh, British literature class and fell in love with the genre. I have been reading the genre ever since and writing in the genre ever since. I just fell in love, had this really great idea for a fantasy and have just stayed in the genre ever since then. Is it like purely fantasy? Is it like fantasy romance? Is it historical? Like, is, is it kind of cross genres at all? I would say the Erlingu world, um, which is what the Air and the Crown are in, they're in the Erlingu series. Um, it is very steeped in medieval European type fantasy, um, but it's also, I'd say, kind of half half fantasy romance. Like, there's definitely a very action y storyline, but then I also mix a little bit of romance in. I, I kind of feel like maybe that's what I do because I'm a female author. Um, it just happened on accident. I didn't mean to write fantasy romance on purpose. Okay, so I have a question. Since you talked about romance, is there any like spiciness or is it just like a, you know, nice romance? <laughs> uh, no, I don't write spicy. The most spicy I've read is probably A Court of Thorns and Roses. A series and that was just way too much heat for me and I just kind of <laughs> steer clear of it I write slow burn though okay which oh, is okay. interesting to write like slow burn romance but not spicy right okay but, I mean that's so cool <laughs> I mean like I, I think is, is it like do you tend to read just fantasy right now or I, I know that you wanted to pick a book um to read with us that didn't end up happening but it, it was historical um just like historical romance is that something that you tend to read or are you firmly fantasy yeah so I kind of fall back on historical romance when I get tired of reading fantasies I was for the longest time reading YA dystopians when they were really popular and then I realized I'm a fantasy author and I've hardly read any modern fantasy books. I need to start reading that. So that happened about two years ago. I started reading modern fantasies other than Lord of the Rings. Um, and then I just kind of fall back on historical romance a lot. And yeah, th so those are kind of the three genres, main genres that I have read. Do you see yourself um, just trying out another genre or do you think I'm... you're going to stick with this one? Like for write. now, I'm going to stick with it. I've gotten, I, I have another trilogy in the works, and I'm not sure how long it's going to take me to write uh, before that's done. And it is um, an N.A. fantasy romance. And um, I want to try YA dystopian because that's kind of what I loved as a young adult. Um, but I know that's not as popular a genre to read for readers um, as it was a few years ago. So I'm not sure about like how well it would be received by the market right now okay that's amazing all right Jenny, do you have oh I, just another question do you have a favorite um book that you'd like to share like your favorite book that you've ever read oh my goodness that's tough because i have a lot of favorite books maybe we should have given you the questions beforehand so you can think <laughs> about it um this might be surprising, but maybe not. But 
But I'd say my favorite book, other than Lord of the Rings, is the Hunger Games trilogy. I love that. I love that trilogy. I, too. I, I do too. Yeah, times. I really yeah. like it too. Yeah, but you're right. They don't really. They're not really any popular dystopian um, wife anymore. Like it's just not. It's not the. It's not the trend. But I feel like it's probably going to come back around. You know, I feel like most trends do. So if you, I, I, I my, my question for you is like, you mentioned that you have another trilogy you want to write, and you have ideas for a white for a YA dystopian like are do you come up with your ideas like beforehand like do you already kind of know what kind of a story you want to write the ideas you want to write about like the general arc or is are you like kind of making it up as you go or a mix I make it up mostly as I go but I sort of know in a one sentence or maybe one paragraph like the main story arc before I sit down and write um, I'm what you what you call a pantser. There's uh, pantsers and there's plotters. Plotters like sit down, write out the entire outline. They can write their books really fast because they spend so many months outlining. Uh, pantsers like me, we we fly by the seat of our pants. We just write whatever comes to mind. Um, it leads to kind of a messy first draft, but I, I've tried to outline in the past and I can't. That's probably what I would do too. <laughs> I could not do that. I have to have everything You'd be a plotter? Outlined. I'd be a plotter oh, yeah. too. No, for sure. You know, I overanalyze you everything. Do. You do. And, and, and Jenica is like, she needs to have every, like every loose end tied perfectly, like to feel like she's like, like the book has really accomplished everything it has to accomplish. I think I'm a little bit more mm-hmm. forgiving for that. So yeah, pants are for sure. <laughs> Well, um, why don't you tell us about um, your new book, at least what you can tell us, a little teaser, and, um, you know, just like summarize that a little bit. And then talk to us about your Kickstarter, because I know that you're here promoting that. Yeah, so my Kickstarter is actually on the book that's already published, The Air. The reason why I'm running a Kickstarter on an already published book, it's, I don't know, it's kind of unheard of, but I, I think a lot of authors who are new to Kickstarter tend to throw in books that have already been published just to get a Kickstarter going quicker. Um, But I am getting a new cover on the entire trilogy. It's going to be a trilogy. The third book comes out sometime this spring or summer. I haven't quite set a date yet. Um, But I am getting new covers put on the books and I am getting the books into hardback edition and all of that cost stuff, which is why I'm running a Kickstarter. Kickstarter is a crowdfunding website um but it's more along the lines of i'm not just asking people for money because they want to support my cause i'm asking people to pre-order my books in the new formats um so you're going to when you go to kickstarter.com you're going to see um like i have a funding goal and if i re if i hit that goal everybody's going to get the books that they ordered if i don't hit the goal um nobody gets anything (laughs) oh Uh, that's that's kind of how it works and like people get their money back and stuff um so i set a goal three hundred dollars to raise money uh to pay for the new covers and just to get my books out there more okay do you how do we find it is do you have like a kickstarter like at or do you just search for yes so the link is a very long link um i'm hoping maybe we could put it in the show notes okay um, but the easiest way to find it is to go to kickstarter.com and in the search bar, search my name, Claudia Klein. Uh, my last name is spelled K-L-E-I-N. 
Um, so just search Claudia Klein. The uh, the air Kickstarter should um, pop up in your search, and that's where you'll find it. And on your Instagram, awesome. is it like in your link tree? Yes, it's okay. in my link tree on my Instagram and on my TikTok. Okay. And I am on both of those. My handle is at Claudia Klein Author. Okay, great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a real treat. I hope you felt the same. <laughs> yeah, this has been fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Claudia. Um, thank you. Thank you.